0: Yo, MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh, yeah, now us. So check us out every Thursday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe.
1: And I'm Stephen Marshall.
0: And here we go. We're continuing with part two of our spoiler talk. Um, those of you who listened last week, uh, thanks for sticking with us throughout our delirium. And uh, we're going to get into these spoilers in just a minute. Uh, first of all, we want to just kind of briefly touch on the... Um, wh- I don't even know what what's the event actually called. The game is it like when what game night or it's
1: called game night it's just going to be wednesday night magic is what people are going to call it
0: star city games game night uh wednesday night magic uh steven and i both played in that event for the very first time uh on wednesday and uh i played so i acquired uh a modern deck finally uh which i'm very happy about i have uh affinity built for modern um and uh played it for the very first time Wednesday night. Um it there were some chain you know there were some like things about the deck that weren't exactly 100% complete but you know it was my first it was my first stab at it so just went with it. Um and uh I you played junk, right?
1: Yeah, it was the only deck I had put together at the time.
0: You played Abzan.
1: Abzan, yeah.
0: So uh so yeah, so you played Abzan and I played um Affinity and uh I won <laughs> <laughs> Which was cool. I, I won. I came in first place. Um I went three oh one. My only draw was to Stephen Marshall. And um it may have been slightly facilitated by the fact that I was trying to buy despises on my phone between games.
1: Yeah. You know. <laughs>
0: um but not too much. I didn't I didn't spend too much time on that. No, nah, it wasn't that long. We were both really just like Really intensely, thinking about each decision. We played a nail biter. It was a fun game. Um, I think that if we had more time, you might have had the win on that game. the The funniest thing is that uh, I win with uh, with Affinity and I win a Mox Opal. So hmm. you know, <laughs> appropriate but also unnecessary. Uh, but it was cool. And then also a little store credit for the wins. So I use the store credit to get a Stormbirth Dragon, which I need more of. So. That was win-win all around. And then uh, the pins, I, I'm i not crazy about Star City's creature collection. Like, um, okay, I'll just say it. I don't like the Star City games creature collection. I just don't. I don't know. I, I don't, love it. I don't think they're cool. But I immediately, I didn't even look at the tokens I gave you. But, like, I was like, I win some tokens, right? And he was like, yeah. I was like, give them to Steven. I don't huh. want them. <laughs> but I get the pin. I, I definitely kept the pin and gave that to my wife and I feel, and she loved it. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be good. So like, um, so I can play Wednesdays and then win a pin and then give them to my wife. And then she has something, uh, she has a prize as well. So I think that's a win-win. Um, did you have anything like interesting to talk about from Wednesday or your overall feel about the event or,
1: I mean, it was cool. Is any, any any chance to play modern is a plus for me, so I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, um, say so I don't I don't feel like so. The thing is, I didn't expect to be able to ever make one of these Wednesdays because I already do. We we practice with our team on Tuesday nights. Um, we play F and M. Sometimes we go out of town on a Saturday to an event, or if it's like a Grand Prix for the entire weekend. I just didn't feel like I would ever have enough wife credits to actually (laughs) like be able to be like, Oh sweetie, I'm also going to do this Wednesday night magic thing. And then it's like, next thing you know, it's like, it's like the same as just like going to the casino every night and then trying to find a different reason to justify it every night. So like, I didn't want to be that guy. So, you know, I kind of, you know, was like, Oh, the Wednesdays sound like a cool idea, but I'm never going to make those. So whatever. Uh, But since I'm going out of town next week, or this week, I guess, at this point. Yeah, so I'm going out of town. Um, I was like, well, maybe I'll hit the Wednesday and skip Friday. Uh, so I did. And, uh, you know, smaller crowd. Uh, I felt like it was, like, a little more laid back, even though it wasn't FNM. Like, it's still... It was weird. Like, it felt more laid back, even though people were generally playing more competitive decks. Did you get that?
1: Yeah, it kind of seemed that way. Um yeah, I mean, people were still playing, like, these are reasonable decks to be playing, but I think it just might have been there was less people, so there's less, like, uh, I guess, energy in in terms of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I felt, I felt like it was, like, way more chill, and I don't know, I'm considering swapping my Fridays for Wednesdays, to be completely honest, like, I, I had a lot of fun on Wednesday, and, uh. And I did really appreciate the more laid back atmosphere and like the bit of a smaller room feel. Um, You know, I totally liked them when they were still playing small clubs, Hmm. but now they're playing these arenas and it's so annoying. No, but um,
1: yeah, I was a fan of the Backstreet Boys before they, uh, before they blew up.
0: (laughs) Nobody was a fan of the Backstreet Boys before they blew up. I like the Spice
1: Girls when they're underground.
0: Yeah, me too. I would like yeah. them more if they were all underground.
1: That was a little dark.
0: <laughs> but you know they were never underground. <laughs> I mean like
1: That's said... the joke.
0: <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Um Banners. I, and I actually like the Spice Girls. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna actually let that comment just hang there. Anywho. Spoilers. Spoilers. So these banners. We got some banners.
1: Yeah, so it's the other common mana fixing other than the dual lance that enter the battlefield tapped and you gain a life. Uh, these are just three mana artifact. You can add one of the three colors and then you can pay all three colors and tap it to sacrifice and draw a card. Yeah. So a little bit like the clue stones, but three colors.
0: Yeah. Um it's good it's good for uh you know, good for draft, good for sealed to have these these available. I like
1: um, the Sultai banner. I think I like that one the most. Why? Because it's got just like a bowl of fruit in it. True.
0: Right.
1: I just like that, that that's what Sultai represents. <laughs> it's like a nice uh, nice little bowl of fruit.
0: For the fruit. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> protect the fruit goblet. Um, I, 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 My only complaint about these is the like, sacrifice ability is so expensive. Like, blue-black-green blue, b- blue black, green tap? Like, why can't it just be blue-black-green sacrifice draw a card? Like, if it like, if it was that, I would actually like that a lot. Um, but the fact that, like, these are supposed to fix your mana, but then you also need to have your mana naturally fixed in order to, to cash these in, I don't like that much. Or maybe, like, or, like, I don't know. Something, I feel like it's a little too expensive. But uh, the mana fixing's nice, and um, I'm sure they'll see tons of play in Limited, and I'm, I'm sure I will play them a ton in Limited and have no complaints. And I'm sure that, like, you know, th- when it comes down to it, end a turn, cashing one of these in, it'll be just fine. But that's my initial feeling about it. Um, so we've got uh, Karu, Lichlord. Um, and we're just, at this point, honestly, I guess we should talk about Utter End.
1: So, oh yeah, we totally missed that.
0: Yeah. So um, we're just starting. We're on Mythic spoiler. We're starting with the. We're on the new spoilers list, and we're just starting from uh, wh- the you know the day after we recorded last time, and we're just going through the rest of the list. Um, and that's how we're handling this. Um, one of the cards we missed through our uh, our website sort was utter end because utter end wasn't on. Uh, any of the lists we looked at because it's not one of the clan cards and it wasn't any of the individual colors or artifact or land. So we totally missed it. And here we go. Utter End. Utter End is... uh, I actually don't have it in front of me, but it's an instant, right?
1: Yeah, instant, two colorless, one black, one white.
0: Exile, target, non-land permanent. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. Um, The fact that it can hit Planeswalkers is great. And instant speed, great, great. Um, you know, I don't, I think the only question is how playable are the black, white X decks and how many copies do you want to run if you're running those colors? You know, I think yeah. those are the only questions.
1: It's, it's this over, is that an actually easier to cast spell than Heroes downfall for your deck?
0: Great card. Yep. Great card. Glad to see it. Um, so, uh, the character, I'm not, but well, I don't know. I don't know. I like to see a, a catch-all like this. Um, you know, keep things fair.
1: Uh, um, I don't, I, I don't like to see like just universal, no problem removal. So that's why I just don't like, I don't like a I don't like heroes downfall that much.
0: Right. Right. Well, downfall, I mean, black, I think is going to be super playable. Um, now black, white is really the question. That's what I'm saying. Like the question is, is how playable is black, white, um, in, in standard coming up. Um, you know, I think Hero's Downfall is always going to be playable, um, but this is kind of questionable. But uh, it's good. I mean, if you're playing black and white, you're running this card. Uh, I don't know. I, I like it because, especially if we wind up seeing Eldrazi again, this needs to exist. Like, yeah, so is
1: that just going to happen? It seems like there's enough spoilers that point to colorless creatures and Ugin and all that other stuff that it. I, I don't know if they could hint at it anymore.
0: Right, right. Am I um, am, am I right? Wasn't Eye of Ugin in Worldwake?
1: Yes, it was in. No, it was in the first set. Was that Zendikar? They put like one card. Eldrazi
0: Monument was in Zendikar.
1: Okay, they 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 put one card that they like, explicitly referenced Eldrazi, but then it was like there were there were no Eldrazi in the in the set.
0: So yeah, so that was really a cool hint, um, and wound up being a really good card. Uh, but yeah, no, I think we've got a lot of hints at this point too, that we're going to get some form of Eldrazi back. Um, you know, will we get the same three reprinted? I hope so. Honestly, I hope that they just up and reprint the three.
1: Yeah. That I I would prefer that.
0: I think that would be really cool. We don't need new Eldrazi running around. I don't think that that's actually healthy for anything, (laughs) but having the same big three get reprinted would be really fun. Um,
1: no, I think they need to make an upgraded Emrakul.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah sure that sounds great um how about Carew lich lord because that's the card we were going to talk about and started babbling about aldrazi's instead um Karu Lichlord lich lord is a 4-4 zombie wizard for three black green blue uh it's a rare at the beginning of your upkeep you may pay two and a black if you do return a creature card at random from your graveyard to the battlefield it gains Flying, Trample, and Haste. Exile that card at the beginning of your next end step. If it would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. So this has Wordy. And um, it could be really good, depending on um, how many crappy creatures you're using to fill your graveyard with other creatures. Like, if you're using, like, Seder Wayfinder, and then you, like, randomly get a Seder Wayfinder, that's not fun.
1: Well, I mean, it makes your graveyard bigger, and I'm assuming you'd play this guy with a bunch of Delve spells, so that you can make it less random. So, like, you cast, like, that Delve uh, Destroy Target Creature spell, and to pay for it, you exile, like, every other creature other than, like, an Ashen Rider or something, <laughs> and then just put that onto the battlefield.
0: Okay, yeah, okay, I can see it's a, that. It's a, it's a reach. It's I mean it's really slow. I mean it costs six to even cast for a four four and then you gotta wait a whole you gotta untap with it and then you gotta sink more mana into this thing. Um
1: This is a commander card.
0: Probably. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. I mean, I think that even in like the most extreme like self mill deck in standard, I don't think this is gonna really make the cut. So Oh, well. <laughs> it had a lot of text. I thought it would be interesting to read it. And I, I don't. I regret nothing. <laughs> uh, Butcher of the Horde, you read this because you're flipping it.
1: Sure. This. I love it. It's one, one colorless and one Mardu, which is red, white, black. And it's a creature demon. It's a 5-4. So that's pretty good. It's got flying. So probably it's got some sort of downside here. So uh, let's get to the downside. Okay. So you can sacrifice another creature and Butcher of the Horde gains your choice of Vigilance, Lifelink, or Haste until end of turn.
0: Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, bad, the downside's li- mm. really bad. Wait, that's not, a, <laughs> that's not a downside at all. That's only giving you more benefits.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: That's not fair. Why don't my toys do that? <laughs> I'm just <kidding.
1: laughs> Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, there's not really much to discuss, I guess, in my opinion. I think it's one of the best creatures in the set if not the best
0: yeah and... think about this with the ascendancy oh yeah i mean you've actually tested some version of mardu did you run this in it
1: uh four of them. i mean if you could <laughs> if you could cast it it's a four of I think. yeah
0: uh so it must have been pretty good with the ascendancy huh
1: so far so good
0: yeah i mean that just seems like a no-brainer it's like i'm attacking i've got this creature i guess at that point you couldn't use the vigilance no. But, like, you could get the lifelink easy, and that's sick, you know?
1: Yeah, well, the problem is that it doesn't trigger until when you attack. So that's you can't... what I'm
0: saying. You couldn't use haste or vigilance for yeah. the ascendancy. But so... you could totally just, like, attack, get your token, and sacrifice it for lifelink every turn. Oh, totally. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you'd have to have another creature when it first comes out to haste it up, but... Uh...
1: And there's several that are pretty good with that. We can get to that later. Sure.
0: Master of Pearls I pretty much like. Uh, Master of Pearls is a 2-2 for a white and 1. It's a creature, human, monk. It's a rare. Morph for 3 and 2 white. Uh, When Master of Pearls is turned face-up, creatures you control get plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. I want to like this, but I also want to like Dictative Heliod, and nobody played that so far, or at least not profitably.
1: Dictate's just way better than this. Yeah, because it's a permanent anthem. Yeah.
0: Right, this... right. This is a combat trick. I mean, like the, having the option of like going aggro and playing a two-two for two uh, is is a benefit to this card. Um, but uh, you know, and then I mean, I guess like having several morph creatures and then being able to like you know run the combat trick of flipping this creature and it would get it would get pumped too. Mm-hmm. So it would become a 4-4 four, four when you flip it, and it would probably be attacking already at that point. You know what I mean? So sure. So, so that's okay. I mean, then everything else gets pumped, too, in addition to having a 4 like if 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 Dictate was a 4-4, four, four, <laughs> or was a 2-2 two, two that said Creatures You Control get plus 2, plus 2, it'd be amazing. You know? But it's not. It's just an enchantment, and it's not a great top deck where at least this you can cast it. You can drop it down, and it's something. True. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, but I don't, but people aren't really playing with that. I'm not so sure people will be playing with the Master either. Um, but I like it, and I want to like it, just like I want to like Dictate and think Dictate is good. I think it might be good
1: post-rotation. Dictate, that is.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, you know, there are definitely some tokens decks, um, and it seems like it would go, go well in any of those. Um... Bear's Companion is so cute. <laughs> bear's Companion. it's a. I think it's a decent card, too. Um, do you want to read it? Sure.
1: It's two uh, colorless green, blue, red. He's a creature, human, warrior, and he's a 2-2. Two, two, and when he enters the battlefield, you put a 4-4 four, four green bear token onto the battlefield.
0: Which is weird, because we've never seen 4-4 four, four bears before. It's totally... Turning yeah. what we think a bear is on its head.
1: Yeah, he's the bear, but then the bear's bigger. I don't know, and I don't know what kind of. Uh... I don't know. I can't, I, can't, I
0: can't really see really what he's got going on under that frock there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> he might be a bear. I mean, I don't know. He's pretty clean. He looks pretty clean shaven on his face.
1: I'm just so happy for that. That's all. <laughs>
0: They love each other. They're besties for life. Um, So here's a card that I'm super pumped about. Super pumped about. Uh, Blood Soaked Champion. Blood Soaked Champion is a 2-1 human warrior for one. Um, Blood Soaked Champion can't block. And then raid one in a black. Return blood-soaked champion from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate this ability only if you attacked with a creature this turn. You just oh. said
1: for one. It's, it's one black.
0: It's one it black. Cost black. Right. It's one black. It's not colorless. That would be, I mean, this would be going in my, in my affinity deck. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Um. This is, this is so good. This is so, so good.
1: So this is the creature that I'm super excited to play into Butcher of the Horde. Yeah. Because I mean, if you have them just laying around, you sack them uh, once after you cast Butcher of the Horde. Butcher of the Horde gets now has haste. Butcher of the Horde gets the swing, and then if you have one in a black, so that ability, the raid ability, it doesn't appear to be uh, only once per turn or sorcery speed or anything like that. So
0: oh my could, goodness,
1: you could just start doing some weird things once you have Butcher of the Horde out. So like a sack outlet, um. You're right. You can, like, after that, once you have, like, w- as many times as you can pay for one in a black, uh, after Butcher of the Horde attacks, obviously, to trigger the raid, you could just sack them and give them all the abilities. You could sack them, give him uh, Lifelink. I guess you can't really give them Vigilance after Butcher of the Horde's already attacked. But you could sack them, attack, and then return them, sack, and give Butcher of the Horde uh, Lifelink as well. And if That's you have... <laughs> there, there's another card out there, I think, that allows you to... Uh, draw a card whenever an- another non-token creature dies.
0: Yeah. Dark Prophecy.
1: Yeah, too bad that one's uh, unfortunately rotating. Otherwise, it'd be
0: just... Unfortunately rotating is right. Mm-hmm. Man! Ugh, why? Why can't you exist with Dark Prophecy for, like, one week? I was thinking <laughs> about this. Wouldn't it be really cool if Standard rotated one week after the next set came out? So, like, rather than... Rather than rotate, like, immediately on release day, what if they just let the first weekend of Standard be with the new set and everything else? Just one week. Wouldn't that be so cool?
1: What what I think is funny is that the, the biggest implication you get from that is that <laughs> Dark Prophecy might be slightly more playable. No, no, and no. Not... And not that there'd be fetch lands and shock lands in the format. <laughs>
0: that's not even, no, no, I'm not even, it's just, that's just what sparked the idea. But um, <laughs> that's where the, that's where the inspiration came from. But I was actually thinking about that for a while though. Ben uh, on the DFW Magic Players list, Ben was like, man, there's so many cards that were being spoiled that it's just like, wouldn't it be cool if this wasn't standard with This, like, card that's rotating, you know? (laughs) Um, And I think there's a lot of things like that in this set. So it would just be cool just to give one weekend. Just one weekend. Just to see what people would do at, like, the SCG opens and stuff like that. So Secret Plans. um, Secret Plans is a green and a blue. It's an enchantment. It's an uncommon. Uh, Face down creatures you control get plus zero, plus one. And whenever a permanent you control is turned face up, Draw a card. I like this one. I think it's pretty good. Uh, depending. I think. I mean, obviously, I think this is more of a, of a limited card, you know, but uh, especially if you're playing against a lot of other morph creatures, having this is just like totally the advantage, right? Like, That's
1: true. You, you get to trade profitably with any kind of morph uh, versus morph.
0: Right. So it would just a really, this is really going to screw up. Someone's like, I got a morph deck. You go, I got a morph deck with secret plans. They go, I got a crappy morph deck.
1: So there's, yeah, there's a couple of cool green enchantments that try to make morph just a little bit better than it would normally be. Yeah. Since uh, a three three for a two-two is usually not the best deal on earth. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember. Did we talk about Trail of Mystery last week? I think we did.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So that's, th- these are the two, and uh, I, I don't think either of them makes a morph deck standard playable, but it's, uh, I mean, it's, I, I'd, I'd be playing this in limited, provided I had enough morph cards.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so Jeskai Ascendancy is the last ascendancy uh, that we have uh, that we've been given, um, and uh, so we're gonna read this one, and then we're gonna go ahead and rank our ascendancies um, just because we've got that, and we might as well do it now. Um, so you want to read the Jeskai Ascendancy?
1: Sure. It costs one Jeskai, which is blue, <laughs> red, white. It's an enchantment, and whenever you cast a non-creature spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn, and you untap those creatures. And also, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card.
0: So you ranked this one as the worst uh, worst ascendancy, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so we both ranked our ascendancies from worst to best. This is the one we came closest on. Uh, it's funny because our lists, we're going to go over these later, but our lists for the worst to best cons and charms are so different, <laughs> <laughs> but we're pretty much on board with the ascendancies. So, um, we've both got, uh, Soltai and Jeskai just kind of as the worst basically, right?
1: Yeah. You've got Soltai last and then Guy second to last, and I've got Jeskai's last and Soltai second to last.
0: Right. Um, so, I mean, like, for me, this card just doesn't seem like, I don't know, like, it it feels like one of those cards, like, I was, like, the way I was explaining it to Steven was, like, it's, like, a a red aggro deck that tries to also be a burn deck, or, like, you know, you've got like a control deck that's also trying to be like a tokens deck, or it, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, whenever you cast a non creature spell, creatures you control gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Untap those creatures. Whenever you cast a non creature spell, draw a card, discard a card. So, um why would you? I mean, the first ability, second ability is fine. Like, the second ability, if you're playing like a like a a Jeskai control deck or something, like the second ability is just fine because it just lets you just cycle through your deck and find the things you want. But that first ability seems so useless. So it's like, what are you playing? Are you playing like creatures? Are you playing non-creatures? It's like, it just feels like you wouldn't have enough of either to really make that first ability make sense.
1: Yeah, I mean... I don't think it's necessarily unplayable or the worst. It just doesn't go into any deck that's currently in standard or that I could s- conceive of in standard. So it's definitely going in like a tempo deck. Mm-hmm. And the Claws where it, it just places all the prowess creatures where uh, that's basically prowess but on an enchantment, so you get to double your prowess. So it, I guess if you just have like a a one drop or a two drop that you get out there and then you kind of just protect it with either counter spells or pump spells or something like that. Um, you can get in for these really large hits and a tempo deck like that probably doesn't want anything more than three or four lands. So the second part of the, tr- uh, the ascendancy helps you do that because anytime you draw a land past the third or fourth one, you can just hold it in your hand and then cycle it out right. and keep your handful of tricks to protect your one creature or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it could very well be one of the best ones. It's just that there's not a deck that's been in standard, Within the last year, at least, that would operate like this. So, this has to go into a, a totally new deck. It'd have to go into like some sort of Jeskai tempo aggro deck that doesn't currently exist, and I have not bothered to try to build.
0: <laughs> right. Um, now, and the Tie Ascendancy, it, it's just so specialized. Like, it just basically has to be for um, some sort of self mill. So, it's just a little too situational to rank as like a good ascendancy
1: yeah I, I think it could be good i mean it fuels your it fuels your delve spells and it could be just if you have this and the the soul tie con out the one that you get a 2-2 zombie every time you put a creature card wait yeah. did, would this come from your library i believe so
0: e- yes yes it would so come from your library,
1: yeah. You could get, like, an extra trigger off that, plus whenever she attacks. So you're just building a, a board and keeping your hand stocked because you're uh, essentially scrying to a turn, although it's a little better than scrying to if you have a any kind of delve or right. uh, graveyard triggers. It's okay.
0: It's entirely dependent on that archetype being good. If that archetype sucks, this card sucks. If that archetype is the best... Uh, archetype and standard then this is the best ascendancy but i don't have enough faith in it to really rank it higher than like worst <laughs> so
1: yeah I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that that ability has to be good because it's the only ascendancy that only has one ability so
0: yeah that's true that is true um abzan we both have right in the middle of the pack there um the enter the battlefield ability is good. If you've got creatures on the battlefield, if you don't, obviously it just hits the battlefield and goes, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like someone playing the, uh, battle cry, destroy your opponent's weapon. Yeah. Uh, card in hearthstone. When you are playing like, uh, Druid, like it's like, okay, yeah. Okay. You just played a three, two. It's good, but, uh, it doesn't do anything. Um, um, and then whenever a non-token creature you control dies put a 1/1 one, one white spirit creature flying on the battlefield great again dependent on you having creatures on the battlefield uh but it's really good wrath insurance sure you know and it's even it, it, that ability even triggers if they um you know if they were to somehow planar cleansing or whatever you know um because you would still get the triggers when they died so even if this thing went away with everything else you would still get the spirits left over so so, that's good.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're two good abilities that don't do anything on their own. Right. So, they, you either you either need creatures to get to put plus one, plus one counters on them, or you need to be to have your creatures die to get the 1-1 one, one White Spirit creature token. They're both right. good abilities, but they're both situational.
0: Right, totally. So, then, you know, for the top two, we both have uh, uh, teamur and Mardu. Um, I think that mardu is the best um mardu uh ascendancy uh for me is the best because it's whenever a non-token creature you control attacks put a 1-1 red goblin creature on the battlefield tapped and attacking um so that's for every creature you control so if i have four non-token creatures out and i attack with them i also get four more creatures and that's they're not, in, they're not exiling at end of turn. They're not like, you know, these creatures don't stick around. Like, they stick around for as long as your opponent doesn't deal with them. Um, you know, obviously you're not going to, like, go exponential on it because it's non-token. But I think the ability is really, really strong. Um, and especially the way it interacts with other cards um, like Rabble Master and, like, Perforos and uh, things of that nature. Um, I think there's just a lot of potential there. And I think that Mardu looks like a pretty powerful shard um, or wedge or whatever. Um, and then the second ability is just a really cool way to protect your creatures. Um, it's good. It's good insurance against anger of the gods, things Drown like sorrow. that. Drown yeah. and sorrow. It was just a lot of things that that second ability can do just to, uh, you know, ensure that your creatures don't die and, the fact that like multiples just get better. <laughs> oh yeah. Like multiples just get so much better. Um, the card seems insane. Um, so that's why it's my uh, number one. So why did you put uh, the teamer ascendancy as yours?
1: Well, it's kind of weird because it's similar to Abzan ascendancy where you need to follow this up with a creature. Otherwise it literally does nothing. So, if this is the last card you cast, it doesn't do anything if you cast this on uh, an empty board it doesn't do anything but I just imagine that the way that Timur is going to be designed or you know uh red blue green decks are gonna be built is uh they're gonna have a lot of high power creatures so I would imagine some of the your draws would get a little clunky um and I would imagine this would come out before some of the four drops like this into Palcra seems awesome um <laughs> I mean, that just seems – it might be – and especially since you're probably going to be playing Mana Dorks to ramp into your bigger threats, this kind of gets your late game, and it seems like it just makes that – what you're trying to do is you're trying to ramp into your late game, and this seems to completely shut the door once you get there. Because every time you play a creature, even if they answer it, it's already drawn a card and replaced itself, and they can't answer it at sorcery speed because it's going to get in there for one hit. Before they get to do that. Although uh, the the Mardu, uh, that's why I think these are the two best uh, ascensions, is just because they, or ascendancies, is that they actually play with kind of the nature of these wedges. So Mardu seems like it's designed to be uh, uh, an aggro or swarm aggro type uh, strategy. And... Uh, this just makes the swarm even bigger because it puts, you know, red, 1-1 red goblin creature tokens onto the battlefield in large numbers. And then it addresses probably the weak weakness of the deck, which is cheap, uh, fast sweepers, which the only two thus far are Drown Sorrow and Anger of the Gods, and this basically just counters those two spells. So I think you might have actually talked me into Mardu being the best.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. A- as I talked about Teemer, it's, it's, it's falling further and further behind because a lot of the really good... Uh, Teamer cards. Uh, some of them already have Haste, but just the drawing a card, um, that just seems like it would. Because the foil to a mid range deck like Teamer would be what kind of exists right now with Mono Black, I guess, kind of uh, control, where you're just answering every single one of their threats, and you'll just never be able to keep up once you have a Teamer Ascendancy out, just because every single threat you play um that they care about is going to draw a card so they've wasted a card you're, you're you're basically two for winning them every single time and they would just they're just going to run out of gas eventually no nah, i'm going to leave it as, as the best one <laughs> the but team- i think yeah teamer
0: okay stick to your guns yeah why not sure
1: so those are the ascendancies um the next card i i'd like to look at is uh villainous wealth
0: yes yeah what's yeah. up with this card
1: So it's X colorless, so you can pay as much as you want, and black, green, blue, and it's a sorcery, and target opponent exiles the top X cards of his or her library. You may cast any number of non-land cards with convert a mana cost X or less from among them without paying their mana costs. So it's like a Genesis wave, but for their library.
0: Would you rather play this or just play something good in your own deck?
1: That's a good question. It depends what the decks look like in standard going forward. It'd probably be over the top for that delve. That That's...
0: <laughs> <easy>. <laughs>
1: but it'll be interesting. Um, I, I do think it will have a lot of targets, at least uh, initially. Because it's basically, would you rather play this or Genesis Wave? Obviously, you'd rather play Genesis Wave, because you can design your deck to have a lot of good targets for it. But there is no Genesis Wave, and that's one of my favorite cards of all time. So this is a close... Substitute, So I'll probably try playing it, but it does seem, a, it does seem a bit slow and it's pretty hard to ramp and have three colors, which is what you'd want to do with this card.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Seven, I mean, cause like I'm thinking, I'm thinking the minimum you want to cast this for is seven, but then like, are you going to hit anything? You know, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think it's that good.
1: You're probably right. This is a lot more fun than it is good in standard.
0: It's really fun. It's a commander card. Like, it, it, it's just, it's just like, if I, I don't know, like, I cast this for seven, okay? So I'm spending my whole turn spending seven mana to cast this, and I'm spending seven mana to see four random cards, right? Four, it's mm-hmm. four cards, I couldn't even tell you what they are, you know? If I hit land, 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 carry did, like, was that worth paying seven for? I think I mean, there's too much there's too much like if about this to, to for me to ever want to play this card.
1: Yeah, so as I've been evaluating the cards, I've just been doing anything that's like got a really high mana cost, like six or above, I just do the uh, the Elspeth test and in that situation I'd obviously rather have Elspeth for one mana less, so this is probably not that great.
0: Uh Grim Horace specs. So speaking of a playable Dark Prophecy, we have Grim Haruspex. Harus, Grim Haruspex is a 3-2 uh, human wizard for a black and 2. Uh, has morph 1 black. morph black, and it's a rare. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, draw a card. I think this seems great. Like, especially since mono-black aggro seems like a real deck after rotation. Um, I think this fits in there just fine.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great sideboard card in case on the off chance there is a viable deck that runs, like, end hostilities or something like that. Now, this won't this won't work against Anger of the Gods, sadly, because they'll all just get exiled. They get
0: exiled, right, right. Yeah,
1: but um, you're still good with uh, Drown in Sorrow or end hostilities, so it's a great sideboard card for aggressive decks. Um, and it's the... The downside is not too bad from including it in your deck since it's still like a three two for three.
0: Yeah, it's efficient. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I like it. I think I think that this I think this is main deckable in in black aggro, um, because I thought Dark Prophecy was main deckable in black aggro and it clearly wasn't. Like this does the same thing but on a three two body, and you don't lose life. I think it's fine. I think it's actually really good. So because you don't even need to morph it. It's not like when this flips over. You know, you can just cast it for three and then attack yeah. with your things. And then they go, oh, I guess I have to do something about that. You know, it's, yeah, I don't they, know.
1: Either, they either have to kill this or they're in a lot of trouble.
0: Right. So I don't know. I think it's really, really good, honestly. Um, maybe really. Maybe that was too many realies but I think it's good. Um real. So uh, Surak Dragon Claw. Uh, this is the last of our uh, spoiled, um, what are they Cons. called? Cons.
1: They're supposed to scream that really loud.
0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> we'll put it in. We'll we'll put it in post. We'll put it in post. We'll yeah, just put a sample. Just fix it yeah, in post. fix it in post. Yeah, just have um, a sample of that. Corn. <laughs> no, but um. So uh, this. Uh, read it.
1: <laughs> sure. He's uh, Sorak. Sorak, Dragon Claw. He's two colorless and Teamer or green, blue, red. He's a 6-6 six, six, uh, legendary creature, human warrior. He has flash. He so he cannot be countered, and creature spells you control can't be countered, and other creatures you control have trample.
0: So do we really think this guy was born on Temur? Uh I want to see his birth certificate.
1: Ha!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where's your birth certificate, Sirach? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I,
1: just
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's just the first thing I thought of when you were. Yeah. To...
1: This guy's ineligible to be the con <laughs> <laughs> clearly says you have to be born on teamer.
0: <laughs>
1: like <laughs> <laughs> we should impeach him.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, I, yeah. So, um, since we're, you know, I, th- I like the, 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 the idea of just going into our rankings on these as we come across them on the spoiler. So, uh, we ranked the cons as well. Um, and uh, this is the one we both universally agreed was the best, and I think that's the absolute only thing we agreed on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so we will rank the cons from worst to best, um, and my worst con was Anafenza, and it was your second best. Mm-hmm. So um, w- why do you like Anafenza over the others?
1: I just think that even if all the rest of the text in – the text box for her is blank. It's still a four-four for three. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a very low floor. I mean, people are playing um oh, I can't remember the guy's name now. The giant war elephant. <laughs> he was a four-four for four, three, couldn't be countered. Uh, oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Loxodon Smiter.
0: Smiter, yeah.
1: Yeah, people were playing that. No problem. Even even in a format that didn't really run that many counter spells.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So four-four for four, four, three is just fine and I would imagine that deck's going to have other creatures and want to attack. and um, It seemed like it was a main deckable graveyard hate card. Mm-hmm. And the put a plus one, plus one counter on any other tapped creature seemed pretty relevant, is since you're going to have a lot of other creatures. And yeah, I just like a 4-4 for 3 is uh, pretty good, no matter what the circumstances are.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. I-, I actually have it listed as my, as my worst. Um, and worst is kind of you know, I don't know. Maybe Narset is worse. I mean, I have, have Anifenza worst, Narset second worst. Um, they could easily be flip flopped. I think. Um, so
1: what? What's your worst to first? Just just rank them out just really quick.
0: Rank them out uh, is straight across the the spoiler list I'm looking at actually. Anifenza, Narset, Sidisi, Zergo, Um So uh, for Anifenza, like, um, yeah, I mean, it's got the the, the ability to put a plus one plus one counter, another target type creature. I think that the graveyard ability just isn't going to be that relevant. And, um, you know, four, 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 three is good, but I feel like the other cards play into their respective decks way better. And, um, and I think that the other decks are better. That's, I think that has a lot to do with it. I, have, I think the fact that I think that Abzan is, I think Abzan and Jeskai are going to be the worst wedges in terms of playability. um, that's probably why I have this ranked as low as Thanks. I do.
1: See, I was just going off of the fact that Junk won the last Block Pro Tour. So I just imagine I mean, a lot of people are going to start with that as like step one and then just update it with cards from here.
0: Right, but do you think this will fit in that deck? Absolutely. Yeah?
1: Yeah. I mean, a 4-4 four, four th- for three that just builds your other creatures seems fine. Yeah. It, it competes with Brimaz, but... It might even be easier to cast. I don't I I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know. See the thing is it doesn't it doesn't play nice with Brimaz either because it doesn't put a plus one, plus one counter on Brimaz. That is true. And so that's another reason why I'm kinda of, why would why wouldn't I just want to play Brimaz? Because I think Brimaz's ability is way more relevant, like in terms of like just getting another just adding to your board. You know? Where mm-hmm. like, you know, you you play Brimaz, you're basically playing a four five for three, which is base which is better. Whereas with this, you know You have to have another creature to use the ability. Um, And it might not always do anything. It might just be a 4-4 for 3, which is good. I mean, like you said, 4-4 for 3 is always good. But like a 3-4 and a 1-1 for 3 with Vigilance seems better to me. And I think I would rather play Brimaz. Um, Now, Narset is just totally a wild card. Um, Like, I mean, it's so expensive. It does have Hexproof, so it's not going to die too easily. But... Uh, It's only going to die, I think. If you like, I I think you would attack with this at the point where you wouldn't care if it died, you know? Yeah. Like you're like, okay, I just set up my graveyard with like that one of that one card that like lets you look at the top four cards and put any number in your graveyard. Maybe, you know, I'm just saying. Like, you attack with that and you like reveal a bunch of cards that are going to do stuff. Um, but it's really expensive. Um, Yeah, this
1: just seems kind of like a if there is like a red white blue control deck, this is just like this is so much worse than aetherling though i'm not sure
0: yeah i don't know i think there are better finishers for that deck too i don't know i can't name one off the top of my head like prognostic sphinx might be better in terms of like a finisher for for blue control um and then sadisi blood tyrant um i like sadisi because i mean it's cheap and um, it has an ability as soon as it enters the battlefield. Like, so you could potentially be paying four for this and up to three two two black zombies.
1: Nope, doesn't work like that. That's what I thought too. I was super excited on this one. That would be number one because this is. Whenever one or more creature cards,
0: are oh, oh, that's I've... right, that's right, that's right. Well, yeah, still, it triggers once. Still, you might wind up with with a with a three three and a two two for four, and then you get, and then you might you have the potential to get more when it attacks. But yeah, I know you're right. It only triggers once. My bad. Um, but you know, uh, I like that a lot. Um, Zergo, you sold me on, so that's why mm-hmm. that's my second best. Um, because it's just huge. And it doesn't die the turn you play it unless they utter end it or something, which is exactly what happened to you when you were testing, right? Yeah, so I've been <laughs> testing
1: a little bit, and <clears throat> I was playing against someone that had put together a red-white-black control deck. And so it had utter end and crackling doom, and crackling doom's going to hit this every time since it's probably going to be the highest power creature uh, on the <laughs> battlefield. So at first I thought this could be like a one or two of main deck, even in a very aggressive deck but it doesn't really have any evasion. And at that point in the game, they're probably going to have some chump blockers and then they just can handle it on their turn. Right. So I'm thinking it's more of a sideboard card versus a control deck that's not going to have a board presence and it's going to be relying on sweepers or something like that to uh, keep you off of creatures because at it, it, it is a gigantic fireball versus decks that can't put together a board presence. Right. But... I don't think it's main deckable. It's a cool sideboard card. So a lot of uh, red aggro decks over the past standard have ran. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of these cards. It's like two in a red, and it was like a f- it was a Minotaur that got haste when it entered the battlefield. So it was basically like just a fireball, but versus control decks for cheap.
0: Oh right, right.
1: So that's basically what I see this as.
0: Skull Cleaver.
1: Yes, Minotaur Skull Cleaver. Is
0: that the right one? Mm hmm. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, so there are just some red aggro decks that had been running that in the sideboard uh-huh. versus control just because it was basically a burn spell. Yeah. Because most of their uh, interaction was sorcery speed or they would tap out for a supreme verdict. And this is probably as good a follow up to a sweeper as you could ask for. <laughs> True. Because it's just going to hit them for seven, or if you have some way to pump warriors, you might hit them for eight, mm. which is a significant chunk of their life total and they're probably are going to be pretty low on life. So I think this is a great sideboard card, but I'm not convinced it's main deckable after uh, actually playing with it a little bit.
0: Right on, right on.
1: So, yeah, so my five was... Uh, I started... Narset was the worst, I thought. Uh, Sidisi, second worst. And I think that just is saying, I don't know what decks they go in right now,
0: mm-hmm. or they
1: don't exist in something that exists in my head yet.
0: Well, I think, um, I think like again, like I said before, like I think Sidisi, it's the entire... Uh, the 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 conundrum of is that wedge good mm-hmm. you know like i think everything in that wedge is entirely dependent on is the wedge actually good you know is is soltai actually playable if it's not then all of the soltai cards are terrible
1: <laughs> Cause, yeah
0: cuz they only they only go in the soltai deck like it's just so it's so built for you in a way that it just has to be good or it's yeah anyway
1: yeah so then um yeah, so I had C D C second worst Zergo in the middle. Um, he probably had been either number one or number two before that, but I, I think he's slipping a little bit as I play with him. Sure. Um, and then Ana second best. I just think there's not going to be a bad time to play her. There's not going to be like a game state where that's a like a bad draw or anything like that.
0: And I and agree I, with that.
1: And Sorak I think is the is the best. It just it does. I guess it technically has three abilities, but also it can't be countered, which is. Awesome. In case you're trying to play around sweepers or anything like that, um, it kind of just really hoses. Uh, could I, mean, I? I think the point's been made several times already, but I don't see control <laughs> existing in this current format.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. Um, I think it could. There's a there's a decent amount of counter magic. There's uh cards like the next card we're gonna talk about
1: goblin slide please tell me it's goblin slide
0: it's definitely not goblin slide
1: (laughs) i think it's okay
0: (laughs) no but it's not nearly as good as quiet contemplation though it does about the same thing um quiet contemplation is uh a red and two um blue and and two that's right red and two is goblin slide why stop making me (laughs) stop making me talk about goblin slide we're not um Quiet Contemplation is uh, blue and two. It's an enchantment. It's an uncommon. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may pay one. If you do, tap target creature and opponent controls, and it doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. I think that's, like, go. if if there is a control deck after rotation, I think this is, like, one of the most important cards in the deck. Um,
1: I think it's good in the that Jeskai potential tempo deck. Mm-hmm. So on the turn that you're getting ready to go off, if you have this in play, you start pumping your creatures and going off with prowess. And at the same time, you can start tapping down whatever blockers they have left up.
0: Mm-hmm. But I also just think it's a good way to like to stall until you can get to five or, you know, um, it's unfortunate that like it's that it doesn't trigger when you cast it. So mm-hmm. you have to, it's required to cast another spell. So you are essentially wasting a turn casting this thing. Uh, which isn't necessarily great, no. Nah. But um, but once you have it down, like especially if people are just playing a bunch of beef, you know, you can just keep delaying and delaying and delaying. You know, I mean, I think like this is like you play this on turn three, you're gonna take a hit the next turn, but then you know after that, if they're playing beefy stuff, you're able to stop them. Now, not so good versus like a tokens deck, um, obviously, but. Uh, but maybe i think it's probably a sideboard card um, yeah so control but i think it's a i think it's a necessary sideboard card against something like green devotion like i'm scared to death playing green devotion to have to deal with this card like it's going to be really a pain
1: yeah i mean blue control is going to need a replacement for jace architect of thought that to get people to overcommit into a sweeper and this might do something like that mhm but i don't think control's a thing right now
0: Okay, well, we'll see, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. So next we've got Abzan Charm, which is the last charm we have spoiled. Um, You want to read this one?
1: Yeah, sure. It's one Abzan, or white, black, green. It's an instant. And like all the other charms, it has three modes, of which you get to select one. Uh, Those modes are exile target creature with power three or greater, or you draw two cards and you lose two life, or distribute two plus one plus one counters among one or two target creatures. So I just noticed this, but all the charms, each ability corresponds in order with the color on the casting cost of the charm. Hmm. So the first one, exile target creature with power three or greater, that's the white ability, and that's the first listed on the charm. Hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, black is the sign in blood, and then green, you put two plus one plus one counters among two target creatures, and the rest of the charms do that.
0: Very elegant, I like that. Mhm. So uh you know we ranked these um worst to best. Um and uh I'm wrong. I'm actually wrong here. I think I just really don't think Abzan's going to be a thing cuz I keep looking at like my list and it's like Abzan charm second worst.
1: Mhm. So what's right. what is your list as it is right that now?
0: can't be right. Uh so worst to best, Soltai, Abzan, Jeskai, Mardu and Temur. And we couldn't disagree more on this, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So my two worst are your two best. Yeah, I think Jeskai is the thing we come closest to. (laughs) Yeah, I've
1: got Jeskai is the worst, and then Mardu, then Teemer, then Sultai, then Abzan.
0: For me, the Sultai charm is the worst, because Monocolored Creature, we're, like, look at these cards we're talking about. No, no. Destroy Target Artifact or Enchantment, tons of things that do that better uh for an easier to cast mana cost and then draw two cards discard a card yeah that's fine but um i don't know i hate i really hate soul tie charm i think it's <laughs> terrible really i think it's terrible um and then uh abzan charm um i think is better than i ranked it to be honest with you um probably i don't want to re- i don't want to go back on what i said so um Because I think that the first ability, if nothing else, the first ability on it is going to be so really very amazingly good. Hmm. I think I just don't have any faith in Abzan as being a good deck. I think that's the problem. I think that's solely what I base that on. Because Exile, Target, Creature, Power 3, or Greater is going to be so huge. Um, Jeskai Charm. It's good. It's good. Um, I don't know what, I, I'm not, I, I think I'm just confused about how Jessica's going to turn out. Um, the first ability is obviously really strong. Put a creature on top of the owner's library mm. is good. Um, but, um, I think the other ones are just kind of iffy. Um.
1: Yeah, I might be being a little too harsh on Jeskai charm because I feel like everyone's going to be running fetch lands. So putting a target creature on top of its owner's library is like, the best hard removal of any of these charms, actually.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. If you're
1: able to do it in response to a fetch.
0: That's a hundred percent true. Um, yeah, and you've got so, it as the absolute worst, which is funny. I, I do. Um, I,
1: so the way I was like judging these was I was looking at like, the worst, like, just the floor, what's the worst-case scenario for these cards? Mm-hmm. And so that's why Abzan and Sultai were the two highest. I had Abzan the highest and Sultai the second highest, just because, it, like, if nothing else, everyone's empty-handed, you draw this, there's no creatures on board, there's nothing to do. At least with Sultai Charm, you can draw two cards and discard a card. And with Abzan Charm, you can just draw two cards.
0: Right, right. Um. I think I actually, looking at my ranking now, Um, I think I want to swap my Mardu and Abzan rankings because I think that, like... So what I was doing with Mardu is Mm -hmm. I was putting way too much value on deals 4 damage to target creature.
1: I mean, that's pretty good in this format. There's a lot of great creatures with 4 toughness.
0: (laughs) It is, but I think that Exile, target creature, power 3 or greater is actually better. Um, The other two abilities on Mardu Charm aren't that great, uh, whereas um, Abzan Charm does have some other... Really good abilities. I think that like I just got that wrong. Just just looking at it right now, I'm like I got that wrong. I was just putting not enough value on exile target creature power three or greater and too much value on four damage to target creature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they should be swapped. So that's my bad. <laughs> Abzan Charm goes from second worst to second best. <laughs> um, uh, Teamer Charm to me is the best um, because um, you're you know when you're playing. Like with the team or deck, uh, you're playing. It seems like you're just going to be playing a bunch of really big creatures, mm-hmm. um, and then allow making creatures with power three or less not be able to block this turn. is like a falter effect, um, mana leak on it is is just great. Um, and then the fight ability is really great because you're probably going to take out one of their creatures. Um, I think it, it is a little, it's a little dependent on um, you playing against other creature decks. I think, but mm-hmm. uh, I think if you are that this just allows you to outclass them. Um, especially like in a mirror.
1: I, I just like the mana leak ability. Like I just like having incidental. Like I like with the deck that they would be running. You probably couldn't put a counterspell in there. Right. But just having it available. And it also being. Um, I mean that's what all the charms are. They're very versatile. Um, but the teamer charm. It, you need creatures for the first and last modes. To be really good. Which should not hopefully be a problem with the deck. Right, um, and then the other one you need your opponent to be casting stuff uh, to be able to counter it, and it needs to be early in the game and not when they get a fourth to just pay the extra three. So it seems great in the deck that it's uh, built for. Uh, same with the Mardu Charm. I mean, um, if Mardu is a swarm aggro deck, um, it the first mode's probably better than the first mode of Absinthe Charm that exiles a creature with power three or greater because just the mortal enemy of a aggro deck's probably gonna be Courser of fix.
0: Yeah uh, and, and
1: that's, kill that thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was thinking about with the uh Mardu Charm too was like it kills Cursor and um and the other one does not. But I think that the other I think overall most of the things that uh that the uh Mardu charm would hit the the um Abzan charm will also hit.
1: Yeah in most cases. You want to talk about winter flame?
0: Yeah I do actually um winter flame is uh one a blue and a red it's an instant choose one or both why would you not choose both every time why, don't you, why would you not just do the both abilities to the one creature <laughs> 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 i'm like are you kidding of course i choose both even if it's irrelevant i'm going to choose both like so it's um tap target creature and or winter flame deals two damage to target creature so kill something, tap something else. I like it.
1: Yeah, it seems good. I think I like it more because when I first saw it, I thought it looked like um, electrostatic. Uh, no, what was it?
0: I know what you, I know what you mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't even think of what it's called now. Um, the Electrolyze. Electrolyze. I thought it was electrolyze, like with new art. Right. When I looked at it, just
0: you're like, casting of, cost, instant. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, then
1: I saw him like, uh, oh, well, that's, that's not bad. No. It's not getting played in standard, I don't think, unless just guy tempo is a, a real thing. But even then, this seems overcosted for what you'd want to do.
0: Yeah, twiddle plus shock should only cost two. Yeah. Blue and a red. You're just like throwing an extra mana on there just because it looks nice, just because you want to trick people into thinking it's uh, electrolyze. Yeah. No, thank you um despise uh this is a reprint obviously uh from new phyrexia so does that mean the phyrexians are coming back too no i'm just kidding um <laughs> they're throwing hints everywhere about phyrexia man no they are uh,
1: talking about colorless creatures
0: that's <laughs> true um despise uh for those of you who don't know it's one black it's sorcery target opponent reveals his or her hand choose a creature or planeswalker card from it that player discards that card so um the, the idea i threw at ryan the other day was. Uh, I kind of want to play Mono Green Devotion, but Splash Black for 4 thought Season Four Despise. <laughs> just because that would be horrible. It really, would be a sad for me playing it, and for the people who had actually hit. But uh, probably mostly for me because I probably need to put just more business in there. Uh, but I love this card. I'm glad it's back, um, and uh, I'm sure that anyone who's going to be playing Black is also glad. Would you like this card?
1: I think it's okay. I think I'm colored by the by playing the last time it was standard legal and it wasn't getting played at all. Right. But at that time there wasn't like a black controlish deck like mono black is now. So back then black was basically an aggro deck, it was zombies. And so this never saw play. It saw play as like a two of maybe in the sideboard. So I just have that left over in my head but the type of black decks that are getting played now are just completely different so they might want to play this a little bit more and it might it might in fact be main deckable hmm yeah so it, i i would i would i would imagine i'm pretty sure it's going to get a lot more play this go around than it did last
0: yeah i think that post rotation this is main deckable like without a doubt week 1 like this is outstanding I don't know if the format will change to make it worse, but right now I think it's great. Especially if there isn't a control deck, as you, as you suspect. What about Chief of the Scale and Chief of the Edge? Um, yeah,
1: so, I mean, Chief of the Edge is white and a black. It's a creature, human warrior, and it's a 3-2 two for two. And other warrior creatures you control get plus one, plus zero. Mm-hmm. And then Chief of the Scale is a 2-3, and other cre- warrior creatures you control get plus zero, plus one. And I think chief of the edge is definitely standard playable.
0: Nice. That's super aggressive. I mean, three, two for two is aggressive anyway. And if you're running warriors, which I know that's a deck that you've been, uh, Oh yeah. That you've been, uh, harping on. I've been refusing to look at his list, but he has posted a Mardu warriors list on our, uh, on our team page. And, uh, so that sounds interesting and, uh, probably will explore that myself, myself, um, when I do my article, but still not looking at your lists. <laughs> uh, but-
1: yeah, so I, I definitely think Chief of the Edge is playable, standard. Chief of the Scale, probably not. What's interesting is they're, they're technically in different uh, clans. Yeah. Chief of the Edge is technically a Mardu card, and Chief of the Scale is technically an Abzan card because they have the different watermarks.
0: They're rivals.
1: Yeah, they have so much in common, though. All right, I'm gonna start working on my chief of the edge, chief of the scale, romantic comedy <laughs> spec script right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, star-crossed lovers from two different clans.
0: High sentinels of Irration. Um, this this seems good.
1: Seems actually... super annoying and limited.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, uh, sick bombs, bro. It must be nice. Um, I'm just practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a three-four flyer for a white and three. It's a rare has flying. I just said that it's bird soldier, high sentinels of ration, gets plus one plus one for each other creature you control, with a plus one plus one counter on it, and then three and a white put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. So, oh, so oh, okay, okay. So that's actually a static ability. So it, so if you put a counter on something, it pumps. Oh, that's cool for each other creature you control. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty Yeah. Cool.
1: So, this with hardened scales Huh? Yeah. At that point you're almost getting there. <laughs> and you've got Abzan ascendancy. Uh, I, it, it doesn't seem standard playable, but if there's some way to to do a +1 plus +1 one, plus one, or just a counters deck. I mean, this would be a really good uh finisher. It's got flying, so it's got the evasion built in. And if there's some way to just cheat in to play a bunch of plus one plus one counters, you know, such as hardened scales. So yeah, I mean, there's some weird dream scenario where you play hardened scales into a couple one drops, into Abzan Ascendancy, into this guy, into um, uh, God. How does this mentor play? of heroes, uh, Johnny? <laughs> how does
0: this, how does this play with the with the card that's like uh, double the number of plus one plus one counters? The card from uh. I wanna say it's journey into NYX.
1: Oh wow, the oh the strive card? Yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) I don't play
0: along with that, no?
1: No, that's that's too much work. Because then you have to have a creature. It has to have plus one plus one counters on it. And it has to not die when you do this. There's there's a card we skipped, Retribution of the Ancients. If there is a deck that could just spit out a million plus one plus one counters, it actually seems reasonable.
0: So you really like this card? So it's
1: it just costs one black.
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't, I see, so I was thinking it was, like, X, remove a plus one, plus one counter, so you just pay one black, and then you mm-hmm. remove X, plus one, plus one counters.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's not too bad. Okay, it's better than I thought. I was thinking it was, like...
1: No, you don't have to pay the X. Yeah, the, no, that's I was the thinking... the thing I like.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's how I read it, and I was, that's why I was, like, skip.
1: Ride Down seems okay.
0: Destroy Target Blocking Creature, okay, Ride Down, you want to read that?
1: Sure, it's, a uh, Red... Red and white for an instant you destroy target blocking creature and creatures that were blocked by that creature this combat gain trample until end of turn.
0: Yeah, I mean that, that seems like a good way to, you know, because the, the one question that I always hear at like M is if that creature dies, do I, does my damage go through?
1: Yeah, this this kind of teaches you that lesson.
0: And this like is like no, because they wouldn't have made the second ability if it did. <laughs> <laughs> we can just go. It's the ride down rule. That's hmm. that's the new. That's it's called. It's officially known as the ride down rule. So if your if your blocker dies, you still don't take damage unless the creatures have trample. Hmm. So there you go. See, this is the ride. It's the ride down rule. They just made that so much easier to explain. Thank you very much. Hortling Outburst. Mm-hmm. Um Hordling Outburst is a uh, 2 red and 1. It's a sorcery. It's an uncommon. Put 3 1 1 red goblin creature tokens onto the battlefield. Um, this card is outstanding. Um I've been wanting I've been wanting a card that said 3 tokens for a while. Like, I don't even care about the goblins. I just, like, I like the idea of playing, like, red-white tokens or even Mardu tokens now. Um, and, you know, and I like Perforos a lot. And I think that this card with Perforos is a lot of fun. Oh, so, yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's kind of where my head's at with this. Why do you like it?
1: I mean, exact same reason. Also, the off chance that there might be a goblin deck and hopefully they print, like, a goblin lord while this is still in standard, that'd be amazing. So, like, if it, this was, like, plus Goblin Chieftain, it would just be so much fun. But, I mean, yeah, this and Purphoros just seem amazing. So I, I played that Naya Tokens deck for a while, and the best thing you could possibly be doing was have a a Perforos out and then plus an Elspeth. And yeah. this is kind of emulating that, but only f- for three mana.
0: Uh-huh. Right. Dig through time.
1: I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good. Sure, it
1: costs six colorless and two blue. It's an instant, but it has delve. And you look at the top seven cards of your library, put two of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom, because it would be broken if you put those in the graveyard.
0: Right. Well, that was the exact reason why I kind of, like, hesitated on it, Um, because if it did that, I mean, that would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, then you'd just be chaining these into each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And looking through half your deck for, like, four mana. Some of these delve cards are kind of weird because... So you're trying to look at when the card's going to be good, you know, in the early, mid, or late game. But this, by definition, has to be a late game card. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you obviously can't pay six colorless, two blue in the early game. And unless unless you're dedicating yourself really hard to self-mill, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to delve for six in the early game. But, you know, if there's a soul Tide control deck that has some combination of of self mill then you could be casting this on like a reasonable turn otherwise i mean it's a perfect draw spell and it's an instant for a control deck in the late game yeah. to just find the one of answer they need
0: and that and that's huge yes yeah, seven seven, seven. Is huge man one card i'm not s- as exactly sold on that some people are losing their minds over is the uh, monastery swift spear so Monastery Swift Spear is a one-two haste for one red. It's a human monk, it's an uncommon, and it has prowess. So I heard people talking about this replacing Goblin Guide in Modern Burn.
1: Blasphemy.
0: Um and things like that, because you know, you lose the downside of of maybe drawing them a card or at least getting giving someone the option of knowing what's on top of their deck. Um and and it would pump itself i don't know about all that man goblin guide's so good and it's oh, just
1: th- this is absolutely not getting played in modern i don't think no and and to oh to to insult goblin guide by comparing it to this card is just um I love Goblin Guide. It's probably one of my favorite all-time cards. Yeah. So, yeah, it, this is no Goblin Guide. For this to do more damage over the course of the game than a Goblin Guide, you need the absolute perfect draw.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For I, a go,
1: yeah, and for a Goblin Guide to do as much damage as a Goblin Guide, you just cast it.
0: You just cast it and attack with it, and yeah. I and it does. It sure does feel good to attack with it too.
1: Now, for standard, I think this is fine. This is the exact kind of card that if you want to build a Just Guy tempo deck, this is the exact kind of card you need in standard.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, Now, a card that I love in modern, (laughs) Tomb of the Spirit Dragon. Uh, Tomb of the the Spirit Dragon is a land It's an uncommon. Tap to add a colorless mana to your mana pool, or tap two and tap. You gain one life for each colorless creature you control. So, why do I love this in modern? Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. But uh, also because I think that it would be a fine card um, in the sideboard of Affinity versus Burn. And you don't think so.
1: I absolutely do not.
0: You didn't even, you didn't even, uh, you know.
1: I didn't respond to that. I was you just didn't like, even respond.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, sent, I sent him a text. I'm like, what do you think of this? No response. I was like, oh, I guess I know what you think of that.
1: I'm like, I'm working. This is not worth, like, ten seconds to take to <laughs> type in NO in all caps.
0: <laughs> so, why?
1: Well, uh, that deck is about as lean a deck as there is in modern. It doesn't have a lot of room for additional lands, because it needs just so many different artifacts and creatures. This is not like uh, Darksteel Citadel, where it's also counting as an artifact. Right. Um a lot of the time you just never get up to effectively three mana because this is this is itself a land and then you'd need two other things to tap for mana and tap this just to gain one life for how many other cards are you do you have out currently to to, to make this a significant amount of life? Yeah. Where you're not killing them and not winning the game? Yeah. No, absolutely not. Now what's the only thing that's interesting about this card, I think, is this is like I guess the giveaway that we're getting Eldrazi or something like that back because it's... I guess uh, Ugin is this spirit dragon and this interacts with colorless creatures, which I guess morph counts counts for, but it just doesn't seem like that would be a big enough payoff. Like, you need, like, Eldrazi spawn or something weird like that.
0: I don't know. I thought it was a neat idea, but I've also played Infinity exactly one time. And I can see where it would be hard to find a space for this. Um but i'm also the guy who had golem's heart in his sideboard so you know anything is possible if you have low standards um that's good advice thanks um <laughs> cranial archive best art in the set i think
1: that that's the only comment i had love it
0: <laughs> altar oh, of the brood please
1: yes <laughs> yeah um, no, but I want it to be.
0: Each opponent. It's not even player. You can't even do this for self-mill. Nope. It's so bad.
1: So, here's the weird thing. In Zendikar, there was mechanics like uh, landfall mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things that, you know, played into the fact that, hey, we printed fetchlands in this set. And Wizards printed fetchlands in this set, but there hasn't really been anything that references that or even uh, benefits from it other than this so far that I can find. It's just kind of weird. It it seems like, listen, we wanted to reprint some fetch lands. So here they are. They have nothing to do with the set though.
0: Well, I mean, they're mana fixing.
1: Yeah. But the last time they printed fetch lands, it was like, it played with the set. It was a a core part of the set. Whereas here it's just, we've got them unless they're uh, an additional hint that we're returning to Zendikar or something weird like that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I but mean, I like this
1: card. Uh, just I, I, I haven't actually done the math. Like, I, I want to try it and try to goldfish with it, but I still don't think it's very effective. It might be good and limited.
0: Altar of the Brood? Yeah. For what? What is it good for? for... Well,
1: because another permanent, so it's a land. You, you make your land drops and you're milling them.
0: Under your control. So, yes, yeah, so you're going to get... How many things are you going to... I hate this I hate this card. A I hate the fact land, that you love this card.
1: Fetchland Mills for two now. <laughs> I hate
0: the fact that you like this <laughs> card. So <it's, laughs> why do you like this card? It's so bad. Mill is so bad.
1: It is. I'm just trying to keep an open mind here. And I don't think they just put mind Sculpt back in M fifteen for nothing.
0: When has Mill won won any tournament? When has Mill won a an F and M?
1: Drown Yard.
0: Okay, Drownyard, but that was a finisher in a control deck. It wasn't a mill deck. It was a control deck that won with Drownyard. It was way different than putting Mind Sculpt in your deck and, and Altar of the Brood in your okay,
1: deck. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to be here all night if I troll this hard in every card. Let's go to the next
0: <laughs> one. I hate you so much. <laughs> I like Soul Tie Flare in a way. Um, Naga shaman, a green and three, it's a three, four. It's uncommon. Whenever a creature you control with toughness four or greater dies, you gain four life. I think this card is pretty good. And if there is like a red deck, if there's like an aggro deck or like a burn deck, um, this thing's going to be a big old pain.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: You know, it's just like, oh, I've got a bunch of, like, especially if you're playing like, you know, sideboard of like a teamer deck or like mm-hmm. even, a, or like an Abzan deck like, just running this thing in the sideboard and going, oh, you got this aggro deck, okay, I've got this thing, and now my one creature dies, I gain four. Gain four. This gets you gain four life when your cursor dies. Oh, God. <laughs> this is like, okay, I've got another four toughness creature, and then if you manage to kill my cursor, I gain four life, and then this dies, and I gain four life, and you've just wasted, like, eight turns. It's pretty good.
1: It's not bad. I I, I don't see it
0: sideboard you know but i like it i like it as a sideboard card um
1: scout the borders is that too slow for self mill
0: yeah because there's so many other better self mill cards like you would just play uh uh crew fixes insight here
1: yeah that's what i was thinking
0: you know because that's like you can take you can get three cards and you can look at six cards it's just way better um you know in limited it might be it might be good for that deck obviously but uh No, you definitely just want uh, Krufix's Insight if you're going to run either of these in standard. You know, actually, the more I think about it, I kind of like Roar of Challenge. Um, So, you know, the one problem with with the green Devotion deck is that a lot of times you'll just, just, you know, just get chump-blocked all day, like forever. Mm -hmm. But Roar of Challenge kind of stops that and even keeps your creature alive. So... um, A roar of challenge is uh, uncommon. It's a green and two. It's a sorcery. All creatures able to block target creature this turn do so. And then ferocious, that creature gains indestructible until end of turn. If you control a creature with power four or greater. So, um, you know, it's a way to get all your other creatures through. And this doesn't even have to go on the creature with four or greater power. Yes. You, You can just swing with a hornet token and um, and you know the ferocious will trigger the hornet token will be indestructible and you still get through with your whole team. Um, I don't know. I actually kind of like this card a lot.
1: Yeah, I was looking at it. I, I looked at it briefly because I'm in the market for a falter effect. I've been looking for one, and this is this does a decent impersonation of one. But I feel like teamer charm is good enough as far as that's concerned. The the mode where uh, creatures with power three or less can't block this turn?
0: Sure. Well, if you're playing Teamer, you're probably playing the Charm over this, but I'm talking strictly from mono green devotion stance.
1: Yeah, and then um, in that case, I would rather play Nylea because that's just a mana sink and almost does the same thing. Like, it, it prevents chump blocking because all your creatures get trampled.
0: Right, but sometimes you just want to win. Mm hmm. And, like, not just get, like, two or three damage in. So, like, if you're playing against, if you're, like, big things versus big things, which I think a lot of standard is going to be, um, you drop this and all their big things block your one thing and then everything else gets through. Like, you just put this on an Elvish Mystic and then you just swing with your team. They have to yeah. block the Mystic um, and, uh, and then you just get through, like, in unlimited damage, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. I, think I mean, it, maybe. I, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's standard playable, but
0: I think it is. Honestly, I didn't think it was when we started this, but after I looked at it, I think it is. What do uh, you
1: think of uh, become immense?
0: Uh, I think it's immensely stupid. Really? <laughs> no, I just wanted to make a pun. Uh, it's pretty good. Target creature gets plus six, plus six delve for yeah. So it's um, uh, green and five instant delve. It's an uncommon target creature gets plus six plus six until end of turn yeah that's that's real big um but you got to have five things in your graveyard to make it better than two giant growths you know what i mean so yeah it is two giant growths on one card so you're not you know you're not spending two cards on something like that but
1: i was thinking for maybe modern or legacy infect with like all the fetch lands and um invigorates and uh all the all the free cards you can you play. I mean, it's not too hard to get four or five cards in your graveyard at that point.
0: I like the way you think. <laughs> I like the way you think a whole lot, actually. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> I like it. I like the name "Awaken the Bear." <laughs> Burn away. It's like got just... an interesting. It's got an interesting side ability. So read it.
1: Yeah. So it's four and a red. It's an instant. Burn away deals six damage to target creature. When that creature dies this turn, exile exile all cards from its controller's graveyard, which I don't think is an ability Red normally gets.
0: Yeah, I I, I like it for the, like, as a sideboard card against, like, you know, if Soul Tie is good, Mm -hmm. um, because this will kill one of their big things and then prevent it from being reanimated along with anything else in their graveyard it's it's a diff, it's a different thing like it's not yeah it's not something that we've seen on a red card that often or if ever dead drop <laughs> dead drop is a card i like greg staples art uh pretty fantastic uh got these guys dropping into the 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 crocodiles here um <laughs> did you see the flavor text
1: oh jeez
0: the flavor text on this card is got a diving lesson. Soul tie expression, meaning was fed to the crocodiles. <laughs> that's great. Uh dead drop is really expensive. If you don't have stuff in your graveyard, it's a black and nine. It's a sorcery and it has delve mercifully. And it says target player sacrifices two creatures. So, you know, that's an awesome effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really do have to pay a lot out of your graveyard to make it happen. But I think it's doable.
1: I mean, this is just limited and that's so expensive. I don't know if I'd want to do it.
0: It might be a little too much.
1: Yeah. Nine is nine. a lot. That's a, that's a quarter of your deck in limited.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true.
1: I, I just, the, if we're talking about art, uh dutiful return, <laughs> that's kind of horrifying.
0: Oh, he's got the bucket of fruit.
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> there's just a pair of legs with the top half cut off, and instead there's a bucket of fruit.
0: All right, so we're just gonna briefly talk about our favorite commons from each color, and uh, then that'll be it. So, uh, starting with white, Anak uh, Bondkin uh, is our consensus best common in the set. Um, sorry, for in, white, in, for <laughs> white, right in, in in this color. Um. It's a 2 1 for a white and 1. It's a creature, Hound Soldier. Outlast 1 and a white, and each creature you control with a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it has first strike. So, really looks like uh, plus 1 plus 1 counters are a major theme. And, uh, you know, regardless of how they got there, you get that ability. And I think that first strike, especially in limited, is really relevant and uh, can make things really painful. So,. Um, I think that we mostly picked this one because none of the others were that great.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, it's kind of a play on the fact that Outlast just seems incredibly strong and limited. There's just a lot of really good Outlast cards that seem like each individual one would be hard to beat. And if you put together a deck with multiples in there, it's like drafting a Slivers deck, except it's remotely possible that it could come together.
0: Right, right, <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, so, I mean, this one was just the best common outlast card in white, and that's basically what we were doing. You just, you just outlast. If you activate outlast once with this guy, he just becomes an incredible blocker or attacker, for that matter. Um, and it's just, you know, worst case scenario a two one for one in a white seems fine. Uh, the other commons that I was looking at was uh, feet of resistance.
0: Yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah, at I mean, that's just
0: bondkin too.
1: It does, actually, yeah. It puts a plus one, plus one counter. So it's one white instant. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. You control, and it gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. So I just like combat tricks that almost guarantee the survival of your creature, and this does that, provided it's um, something they don't respond with a different colored removal spell or something like that. And then the pump actually last for you know forever you get a plus one plus one counter and that just plays with the whole abzan theme so that one was really close to yeah being my favorite uh white common and then the other one i was looking at or considering was mardu horde chief which is two and a white for a two three and he's a human warrior and he has raid when mardu horde chief enters the battlefield if you attacked with a creature this turn put a one one white warrior creature token onto the battlefield. Which is just a pretty sweet deal for a common, and almost such a good deal that I considered it for my uh, Mardu Warriors deck and constructed uh, and standard, but probably not good enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at like looking at it from a sheer uh, like value perspective, like you know, compare this to Blade Splicer, and Blade Splicer is just way better. But mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, I mean, if you are playing with that tribe, this obviously gets much better. Uh, but I was just thinking about the conditional. You, you have to attack with a creature to get that extra token, whereas mm-hmm. Blade Splice, so you just cast it and you get a three-three. I mean, it is the difference between a rare and a common here. But like, you know, we we still have to, you know, put these cards in our decks and play them regardless of their rarity.
1: True, um, but if you if you have anything that pumps power, which the warrior deck I believe would, um, you know, like Chief of the Blade or Chief of the Edge, I guess. If yeah. You put this out, it puts out more power than. Blade Splicer, which hmm. is, I mean, that's something.
0: That's true. That is true. Uh, and, you know, and again, like you know, you're playing dedicated Warriors deck. You know, that obviously changes things quite a bit. But yeah, <laughs> no, I can see, I can see why you like this, and I, and I think it's good. I'm not trying to say it's not good.
1: Um, the other thing I want to keep an eye out for is just how prevalent the four or po- uh, four power or greater theme is, because then it actually makes things like spite, uh, Smite the Monstrous main deckable and main deckable. As a good thing.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's a direct thing. I mean, like, against this, against white, it's almost useless. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm looking at, like, I'm like, yeah, there's exactly one mono white creature that has power four or greater. But, um, yeah, it could be relevant in other, against other colors or other, in other clans, especially. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Um,. Move blue. Up blue, yeah. Uh, what did you have?
1: Oh, I had... Um, let me actually pull it up. Singing Bell Strike. It's an enchantment aura for one and a blue. Enchant creature, when Singing Bell Strike enters the battlefield, tap Enchanted Creature, and the Enchanted Creature doesn't untap during its, uh, its controller's untap step. And the Enchanted Creature has, pay six colorless mana, untap this creature. So it's in it's effectively uh claustrophobia or encrust. I mean this just seems incredibly undercosted for what it effectively is, which is I, I don't know, pacifism or uh claustrophobia in blue. And if that Jeskai deck is is like an aggro deck and trying to end the game relatively quickly, then the, you know, pay 6 to untap the creature probably is not relevant. Yeah. So it just seems like really close to hard removal in blue, which for for two mana, which just seems like a deal you don't normally get
0: yeah i didn't i didn't like when I, I all I saw was that last ability of like tap pay six untap the creature, and I'm like, well, then they can just untap it, you know, yeah um but yeah,
1: if they want to use their entire sixth. Turn of the game, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. To untap like, like a
1: two or three drop, I doubt they're going to want to do that.
0: Yeah, I'm like, that's better than I than I thought it was. Uh, to be honest, I still don't think it's the best, mm-hmm. but I think it's good. Um, I think that uh, embodiment of spring is probably the best, even though it's technically a gold card because yeah. <laughs> the ability costs green. So uh, embodiment of spring is one blue for a zero three elemental. Uh, it's one in a green and tap sacrifice embodiment of spring search your library for a basic land card put it on the battlefield tapped then shuffle your library I love it I absolutely love that I think there's a lot of really good whereas like white we were struggling to find like three good ones mm-hmm. there's so many good blue commons in this set like good and like potentially standard playable commons um, embodiment of spring without a doubt is amazing and like Ramp in in a on a blue creature. That's the craziest part.
1: Yeah, I, I also like
0: Treasure Cruise. I just like because I I hate it because it has the song Sea Cruise stuck in my head. Hmm. Have you heard that song? Won't no. you let me take you on a sea cruise? Say ooh wee ooh wee baby. Well, I I I've, I've had that. Oh, well, I have now. Every time I see this card, I think of sea cruise and it makes me sad so um, yeah
1: for a split second i thought scaldkin didn't make you sacrifice it and thought it was amazing and then i was like oh wait no
0: <laughs> so yeah treasure cruise is a blue and seven and then mm-hmm. it has delve it's a sorcery draw three cards pretty good
1: yeah so it's basically ancestral recall
0: that's yeah, totally ancestral recall it is ancestral recall well there you go there you go get mad Get mad. They just destroyed the reserve list.
1: They just reprinted one of the power nine.
0: Yeah, there it is right there. Right there. Uh, Tagem's Scheming is one in a blue. It's a sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. Put any number of them into your graveyard and the rest back on top of your library in any order. So it's basically like an index that you can actually affect your graveyard with. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's so. Index is unquestionably a horrible trap card to lure new players into playing just awful magic cards. Right. This, I'm not sure on. I still think it's bad. That's my that's my uh, instinct, just because it resembles Index so much. Right. But I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, like just the fact that you can, you know, fill your graveyard with it. You can just go two blue. I'm gonna look at all these and go, oh, I don't want any of them. All to my graveyard you know? Or, Mm -hmm. I want this one next turn. You can just take the one card and put four in your graveyard, which is going to really help you delve.
1: Yeah, so here's where the question of how many, I guess, how much scry does it take to equal draw a card? And you might have an answer with this one, because I'm not sure. Um, I think I've seen, like, people say, like, three, maybe. Two and a half or three, and this is more than that. Yeah. And if there's some sort of delve deck, then uh, obviously in limited there is, um, th- this could get there. Yeah. Because it gives you a lot of uh, card selection. Yeah. Or, artific- I mean, uh, or, I guess, virtual card advantage. Right. But it could just be awful. I'm not actually sure.
0: <laughs> right, right. Um, and uh, the last one I really want to talk about here is a Disdainful Stroke. Mm-hmm. uh disdainful stroke is one in a blue instant counter target spell with converted mana cost four or greater um i think i mean i think this is gonna see play in standard if there's a control deck this will be in there at least as like a two of really yeah sure why not uh, i don't think so why not what does it counter well, does it well it doesn't counter the uh the, the creature that can't be countered nope <laughs> okay all right
1: <laughs> it doesn't counter a lot of stuff
0: it counters paluccrinos
1: it counters Elspeth I mean this is super narrow I
0: think yeah all right I don't see it Let's take my fun um so black
1: speaking of spoils <laughs>
0: speaking... uh, there's
1: there's one uncommon I want to mention. That I haven't really seen uh, get talked about. Okay. Um, Raiders spoils. It's uh, the three and a black enchantment. Yeah. And yeah, creatures you control get plus one, plus zero. And whenever a warrior creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you may pay one life. And then if you do, draw a card. So that's kind of like the other big payoff other than Chief of the Edge to playing warriors. So that's 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 what I'm trying to do in Standard right now. Because, <laughs> I mean, it seems like it's kind of like a Biden Athasa that pumps your creatures, which seems pretty good. <laughs>
0: That's the cost of some life, but that's not terrible.
1: Oh, you don't care about that when you're playing an
0: yeah. aggro deck. Jeez. That seems all right.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of cards like the uh, Mardu Charm that you can make two plus one or two one one warrior creatures. So you can like, kind of instep that even if it's an empty board and have this out and then you're just right back in business because you're swinging for four and drawing two.
0: Hmm. Wow.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a little expensive. It is. Um, I think that other than that, like it seems good. Like the ability is good. Both abilities are good for the deck you're going for. But like at four, I don't know if you're going to want to play this.
1: Yeah, the only precedent I had was Biden Athasa. So, what was your favorite black common?
0: Black common for me uh, was debilitating injury. I didn't like a lot of these black commons. Um. It probably should be Mardu Skullhunter, but um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. For some reason, I'm just so <laughs> I'm so turned off by the fact this card enters the battlefield tapped. I don't understand why. <laughs> why well, I'm like, oh, it can't be good. It enters the battlefield tapped. Why would you ever want to play that? Like, what, what does it need to? What does a two-one need to enter the battlefield untapped for, really? And my favorite is Mardu Skullhunter. All right, I'm, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm done being so like. Like anti-Mardu Skull Hunter for no good reason. Mm-hmm. My favorite is Mardu Skull Hunter, okay? Um, my second favorite is debilitating injury, just because it's a cheap removal spell. Uh enchanted creature gets minus two, minus two. Enchantment. I think it's I think that's good. Um now for you, what do you got?
1: So I actually started to have a tough time with this, and then I just realized that the only possible answer was Sultai Scavenger because uh, in M15, we were happy to pay. I guess was it four in a blue for a three-three flyer,
0: or pay two in a uh, play, pay two in a black for a three-three flyer that dealt three damage to us. Well,
1: that was an uncommon.
0: True. Oh this yeah, is a,
1: this is a common. So this is five in a black for a three-three creature with flying and it has delve. So you basically to play this at a reasonable uh, cost. You just have to get that. You have to get one discount. You have to have one card in your graveyard, mm-hmm. which I feel like is is doable. Yeah. And obviously anything less than that. And you're just it's just gravy. So yeah. I, I like that one. The other one I was the other two I was looking at was uh, Disowned Ancestor, which is just black for a O4, but it has one in a black Outlast. So this is kind of a test to see like just how good Outlast is. If Outlast is really good, no matter what, and this is a fantastic card. Um, kind of like how the 0-4 for a white kind of demonstrated how good heroic could be. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing, except you don't need anything to target this. This is just, this is just an activate ability. So it's a great mana sink. It's a mana sink that costs almost nothing because generally with a limited deck, you don't have any one drops. Right. And you activate this once, and it's it's blocking everything from turn one through four. Yeah. So sure. if you're trying to outlast, but you want to keep up a good defense... I think this is a great card to, to have in your deck. So I, that w- that was close to being my favorite. And then I was also uh, another test to see where the format is is if Bitter Revelation is good because it's three in a black and you get to look at the top four cards of your library and put two of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Um, obviously, in standard this isn't good. It's um, you know Read the Bones is significantly better, but for a common this seems like pretty good card selection. And it's just gonna remain to be seen if you can spend your entire fourth turn doing something like this. I just don't know right. what the format's gonna look like.
0: Right. It's it, it has potential, but I don't I'm I'm not too sold on it. Yeah, four four is just really expensive. That was that was where I was like, I don't know, man. Four mana for that, I just don't know if that ability is worth four.
1: Yeah, I mean you get to draw the two best cards out of your top four and then fuel delve later on.
0: Yeah. Uh for red. I have active treason as my favorite comment. <laughs> I mean, like why, why mess with the classics, man? Um, and especially in a set right like, like this, which has so much big going on. Yeah. Like you just like, Oh, give me that. I'll have that. Like this, this common is like your opponent's best. Rare. So, uh, I mean, why not active treason?
1: <laughs> I mean, why not? It's, it's hard to argue with it. Um, I, I chose Aerostorm, which is three red-red for a sorcery, and Aerostorm deals four damage to target creature or player. So that, I mean, that that alone is fine. But if you attack with a creature this turn, instead it deals five to that creature or player, and the damage can't be prevented if that's relevant. Um, that just seems super strong for a uh, common card.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Because, yeah. I mean, I've played enough aggro decks where I've actually played... Um, Oh god, I can't even remember the name of it, because I rarely play it. It's an M15, it's four and a red, just deal five to target opponent.
0: Oh, Lava Axe.
1: Lava Axe, yeah. So I've, I've been tempted by Lava Axe, but the downside to putting that in your deck is pretty low, because it does absolutely nothing on an empty board. Right, like It doesn't affect. This, at least, it's removal, and could possibly... I mean, that's just a large number to be able to point that at your opponent's face. Usually you don't get that common. Bring low is something along the same line. Just generally the best red commons seem to just be removal.
0: Oh, uh, I like that. And it's instant speed. That's mm-hmm. cool. So, bring low is a three and a red instant three damage to a creature. If that creature has a plus one plus one counter on it, deals five damage to it instead. Yeah, it's solid.
1: Um, the other one I was looking at was, uh, it's basically just Borderland Minotaur. Two red red for a four three. It's called Summit Prowler. Um Trumpet Blast, I, there's going to have to be, like, a you'd have to have, like, a Tokens deck or something like that to make this playable, but it's a it's a blowout if, if you have a lot of attacking creatures. Um, two and a red instant attacking creatures get plus two, plus zero until end of turn. That's mm-hmm. uh, pretty cheap to, to pump uh, Attack plus two and could win out of nowhere if there is a Tokens deck. Right. Um and then Tormenting Voice. This is for standard.
0: Yeah, no, I, I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to know what you how you evaluated Tormenting Voice, because this seems good to me, but um I just don't know like if I'd rather just have another like burn spell or something in my hand, you know?
1: Yeah, so I was looking at the fact that the first burn deck, I think that one an open played Wild Guess, and this is just an easier to play Wild Guess. I'm not sure.
0: But you can't so, I mean, like, the thing is, like, part of the casting cost is discard a card. Mm-hmm. So if you draw this with an empty hand, you know what I you mean? You can't play it. You yeah. You can't play it. So you're just stuck with it until the next turn. When if this was, like, a burn spell, you could play that burn spell that turn. And then the next turn, probably draw, like, another burn spell and play it. Like So, like, so you draw this and you can't play it. So you leave it in your hand. And then you draw a card you need to play. Mm-hmm. And that you still can't play this because you just want to play the card. I almost feel like you would rather just just be another card. It's just a tough card to evaluate, or like one of those cards that oh, to me has always been like on the verge of playability. Yeah. But like I, I think you might like I don't I just don't know.
1: Just, there's the uh, there's the black red Gorio's Vengeance deck that got that that placed uh, in the top thirty two at GP Kobe in modern, mm-hmm. and I could see playing this in there. Like, because people are trying to play Wild Guest in some of those decks, but the mana just wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. This fixes that.
0: So, green. green. Uh, what's yours?
1: I have Hooting Mandrills.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, just not just because it's really fun to say, but it's it's five and a green for a 4-4 four, four with Trample, which probably isn't that great of a deal. But again, this is my bet that you, if you're playing a Delve deck, you can make it work and you can actually get some kind of a discount because at, I I just like delve cards where you don't need to delve for that much for it to be a good deal. And here, if you get to delve for one and play a four, four trampler at common for four and a green, that seems like a fine deal. And then late game, I just, this seems fantastic. If you get to, yeah, if you get to delve for three, then you put a four, four trampler out for three. I mean, that's, that's amazing. I yeah. mean, even uh, this is probably too expensive. I I, I haven't tried to build the green black um, dredge deck that was in standard, where they're just basically getting value for to play Nemesis Immortals. But yeah. it seems like there's a lot of cards that could do something similar, mm-hmm. like an impression of that, where you after you've played your Nemesis Immortals, then you get to play a four four trampler for green. I mean, that's uh, you know that's better that's a better deal than Tarmogoyf, but. Yeah. It it all depends on on how much you're able to delve for, and I'm assuming in by the time you get to turn four, you can you can delve for one, because all you have to do is play like an instant or sorcery, or have one of your creatures trade in combat, and you're delving for one. But it, and if you have any kind of enabler, then this just becomes a bargain, and you're doing busted things on turn four because you're playing like two or three cards that are way under co- costed.
0: Right now, see my only problem with all these delve cards is like you've got like, especially when we're talking limited is you've got a 40 card deck, Mm -hmm. you know, just how many times are you going to be able to delve before you're stuck with like an eight casting cost card in your hand, you know, because like, you're going to get this. And then let's say you got that like four or five flyer for nine. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then like, so like, so, you know, turn three uh, or something, you play this for three mana, and you delve all your cards away, and then you, like, draw that 9-drop, you know? Like, I just feel like...
1: Yeah, so I think that's what you have to keep in mind uh, for Limited, if you're... When you're trying to think, like, okay, well, how many delve cards can I play and get away with it? Uh, Just, you know, always look at the worst-case scenario. Um, And this, you know, 4-4 for 6 trample is... It's not the worst deal on Earth, but it's pretty bad. Um, When I'm looking at delve, I want to see... Like, how much am I going to have to work before this becomes a good deal? And if the answer is, like, one, then I feel like that's acceptable, and that's a probably a good card. So when I was looking at the the black card and this card, if I can delve for one, I'm getting a decent deal. And yeah. if I can delve for more than that, then I'm doing something broken. And if I can build a deck to do that, and I'm doing broken things with common cards, then I'm probably in a good place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What, sure. was your, uh, what was your favorite green card?
0: Uh, yeah, mine is... Uh... Long shot squad. Mm-hmm. Um, long shot squad is a three, three for a green and three. It is a hound archer.
1: It sounds like a, the name of like some sort of sports comedy movie,
0: <laughs> the long shot starring David Spade. and Chris rock.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, it's uh, outlast one in a green. And then each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it has reach. So, um, you know, reach is a really strong ability, uh, in limited and, um, you know, if plus one plus one counters are a thing, um, this is, you know, some players are just looking to go over your head to win. And this is the one way to go, uh, nope, sorry, <laughs> you can't cause all my creatures can block all your creatures. And that's, wasn't what you were going for at all. Was it? Ha 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 ha. I don't know I think it's really good it's a hound archer I didn't even know that when I picked it but it would have actually affected my decision if I had <laughs> so um so I'm, I'm you know even I'm even more behind the pick than I was when I first made it so
1: yeah I also like savage punch just yeah. because it's, so it's a playable effect and it's it doesn't cost a, a million mana like hunt the weak
0: but uh savage punch is really good and it is probably the best artwork ever in magic <laughs> um yeah so uh
1: pick up your foils
0: yeah yeah for real
1: i also like archer's parapet um i think that's how you pronounce it i have no idea this is just another card that if i'm gonna play two-headed giant at the pre-release that you want to keep an eye out for anything that just says each opponent yeah uh so if you get multiple of these out then they'll just be really upset because Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's one in the green for an 05 defender which is not good and it has one in a black tap each opponent loses one life so if you're playing two headed giant keep an eye out for it
0: an 05 defender for 2 isn't terrible anyway yeah especially if everyone's like going to have four power creatures
1: yeah it it blocks a lot of creatures and,
0: and yeah, you if you have the mana, mana yeah if you
1: have the mana up you can just yeah ping ping for one or ping for two if it's two headed giant
0: yeah i actually like that card quite a lot Cool. So we've gone way later than we expected, as always, Bert. but uh, but earlier than last week. So it's an true, improvement. True. And now I get to edit this in 24 hours. Oh boy!
1: It's a race against time and terror.
0: Cool. So that's the set, man. I'm really looking forward to playing with these cards. Um, I am not going to be able to make a pre-release. I don't think. Um, ooh, ooh. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm going to be out of town. Uh, but I. Have considered it's like a 20% chance that I do a midnight while I'm out of town, hmm. but um, it's like 20% and it's really dependent on how I'm feeling at the time.
1: My odds for pre releasing are probably like 30%, yeah,
0: maybe
1: 40%, yeah, because it's my girlfriend's birthday on Saturday,
0: yeah, it's and those are zero percent, yeah, those,
1: those tend to turn being into birthdays, yeah, those are birthday weekends. Um, if not birthday weeks, so <laughs> it's going to be tough to sneak out. It's for...
0: my birthday year again. What? Yeah. It was just <laughs> birthday year last year, but I am looking forward. So like week one of standard, we're going to Waco mm-hmm. and we're playing in the TCG player, uh, diamond five K. So that's pretty exciting. Um, Start I'm going to be playing mono green. Um, I already know that for a fact. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I don't even know, like, I don't even know if anything non-like standard now is going to be in the deck. <laughs> like, I think that, like, I think my deck is going to be entirely uh, uh, previous standard legal. But uh, that's
1: probably a sign that its power level is really high, since that's in that tends to be the kind of deck that wins in the first few weeks.
0: You know it, and that's what I'm playing. And, you know, uh, you know, like I I said, I've been avoiding reading other people's articles, Mm -hmm. but I have I saw the headline for uh, Kibler's article from Friday and he was brewing mono green. So, you know, I I feel like I'm on to something here and uh, I'm going to run with it, especially because I will play mono green in standard for as long as it's viable because it's a childhood dream it's been like 19 20 years in the making for me to play a green deck that wins you know
1: well listen goblin Rabblemaster is a warrior that's all i gotta say
0: yep he's a warrior if the warrior deck <laughs> works out <laughs> man no i mean like goblin rabble is going to be good no matter what but like did it really need to also be a warrior <laughs> i mean seriously
1: there's there's a surprising number of warriors in standard. I won't go into it, but I have a uh, Excel spreadsheet with every standard legal warrior.
0: And we have still, still, still not made a single reference to the movie. And hey, you not know, not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. We're we're above that, folks.
1: Well, it's mostly just because I I forgot I was gonna have a few uh, beer empty beer bottles on my desk and I was gonna start uh, clanging them together. <laughs> but I, I just forgot. That's the only reason I haven't done it. So well, you're you're welcome listeners.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh next time you hear from us will be in 2 weeks and we'll be talking about uh our results from week 1 and uh just talking about how standards shaping up because we'll have a better idea. We'll have a we'll have a Star City open. We'll have a TCG player event that we'll have played in personally. So we'll have a good uh handle on what the formats looking for uh looking like and uh we'll get we'll to
1: We'll tell you how to beat the uh the Mardu warrior menace that's dominating standard.
0: We'll get to hear about the deck that Steven should play the next weekend, but he'll play something else and then that deck will win. <laughs> and then we'll uh we'll keep going that way uh forever. So uh great, that's all we have for this week. We are YMTG Taps.
1: Stop bitching,
0: start complain. <laughs> Never encounter fights with
1: self-defense, legs, wipes, alcohol, toss, molotovs, throwing dynamite, now they get caught up in a hype for being so Tight sag wicked your jeans was, have a mean mug, right, strike, and combined, they get combined. combine, Jenkins the highest price, hip-hop, you rep victim, consistent, fresh daily, I maintained a quiet life during open mics, expectations, and too high dreams holding it, I've lost friends and loved ones, couldn't cope.
0: YoMtg Taps is available every other Thursday on legitmtg.com, IwantMyMTG.com, Mtgcast.com, and iTunes. Email us, YoMTGTaps, at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Tumblr, YoMTGTaps.tumblr.com. follow us on Twitter at umtg taps. Follow me on Twitter at omgwtfbhjftw. Follow Steven on Twitter at m00npi. Follow Joey on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.